starting gosh. on the... Oh, Billy st- Napier is my best friend. Are we, have we started? Billy Go- yeah, we just is started the podcast. Oh, okay. that's, that's how I wanted to start it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the College Football Breakdown. I'm your host, Zachary Haynes. We have... Trey Frank- Woodbury. Franklin Woodbury. I go by Trey. Franklin Franklin the third. And we have Grant Bagwell back yes, with sir. his new... National Champs Georgia shirt. I actually got it the Tuesday after the game, but yeah, I haven't yeah. worn it yet. So. Yeah, wearing wearing it loud and proud, as, Very loud as and they proud. would say. Uh, we got an exciting podcast for you guys tonight. Uh, we have Transfer Portal news, Jackson Dart, Caleb Williams on the spot. We have some recruiting news, some big news down in Texas A&M right now in College Station with Harold Perkins and Deion Sanders in Jackson State. Are they going to make a move on National Signing Day? We got a whole lot more plus those things to talk about. I'm excited. Are you all excited today? I am pumped. Let's go. All right, let's start first with the transfer portal. Caleb Williams cut his two teams down to LSU, USC. (laughs) All right, we're going to have, we're going to break this, all right? I want each of you to make a case for who you think Caleb Williams should go to. And why they should go? Can we pick the same team if if we do, or we have to pick? <laughs> I'll different play. Sides? I'll play devil's advocate, but you can choose which team you want. All right. We're Tr- making a case. Okay. Franklin Woodbury. Sorry. Franklin Woodbury. Obviously, right. I, I think that Caleb Williams's goal here is not to win national championships, but to get developed to go to the NFL. Pretty sure that's like what him and his camp have like continually said. So it would make sense to go to Lincoln Riley uh, to follow the money, basically, because he could build a brand in USC. Um, he could get a lot of national attention, but he could also develop in a pro-style scheme. But man, I mean, if LSU could just compile a decent team around him, I mean, he, he could really help their program. But if I'm him, I know what he's thinking. I'm definitely thinking USC, especially because the level of competition is not going to be as bad. You're not taking as many hits. Now that Kayvon Thibodeau is gone, you really don't have that much to be scared of. Um, plus, Lincoln Riley's got a track record of like proving he can help guys. If he can make Baker Mayfield the number one pick, I mean, imagine what he can do with Caleb Williams. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield looks so great for the Cleveland Browns the last couple of years. Is that a little passive aggressive? It was. Is that a shot? Whoa! Are you passive aggressive? I'm not. But I'm saying like Cleveland Brown lover man. No, Trey. Just it's okay. He's he won some kind of recruiting championship thing. So oh my goodness. <laughs> don't worry. Hey, don't spoil only, it. Only Billy Napier could fix Baker Mayfield I mean, right I thought, now. <laughs> I, thought, I, was say, I thought Georgia fans were bad for a while, you know, claiming the recruiting national championships, but at least we had top five classes when we did. Mm. We were chilling in the 20s. Yeah. But I'm uh, saying, no, I know, you, I'm you, look at what, you look at what he did with Baker Mayfield in college and like that level of talent, like imagine what he could do with Caleb Williams. The guy is, I mean, he's I really, talent really. All over him. I mean, did you watch the Oklahoma State game? They lost. The last drive was phenomenal. And so I'm just saying, that, that's a true freshman year when he clearly wasn't in the best shape, like best conditioning, uh, best scheme fit, you know, things like that. I feel like time in the system would really help him. So USC is my answer. I was actually going to say USC as well, but I'll make a case for LSU. Also, I'd like to start by, uh, before I say anything, I want I've been... I've been giving Zach a hard time about Florida lately, and I would just like to publicly say that for the remainder of this podcast, I will not make one derogatory comment about Billy Napier or the University of Florida. If you do, you have to wear slides, Florida slides, I just really, like just like the, the just like Harold Perkins. Exactly. Perkins. If 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 my name is brought, if, if if I'm ever mentioned in the podcast and you just hear awkward silence afterwards, it's just me refraining from saying anything. But I'll. <laughs> It's fine. Um, yeah, okay, so LSU, I agree with Trey. I think that USC makes more sense. There's not really, uh, I mean, to play devil's advocate, there's not like a ton of talent. I mean, there's there's always talent at LSU. I think there's a bigger downside to going to LSU, especially playing in the division you're playing. Mm-hmm. USC is not going to have to play Alabama. Um, 
<coughs> or or Florida for that matter. Um, the uh, I would say I think that there's probably a decent amount of hype. I think in LSU right now um, with Brian Kelly there, I think they probably feel like they're getting some of that championship culture back. They had like their hometown culture with Ogeron, and obviously they won a national championship. It was kind of a little fluky, but Ogeron wasn't faking an accent though. He what? I know that's you don't have hometown culture with with uh, with um, with Brian <laughs> Kelly. I don't know, but you at least have that mentality. Okay. Brian Kelly's been to the playoff what four times now, three times. Three times. Uh, so you know, there's there's definitely some excitement surrounding that. I, other than that, I mean, I don't tradition. I don't. I just think that USC makes more sense at this point. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think if he, I think if he wants to win a championship, LSU is probably still a better spot. But I just don't see him. Ha- I just don't see it happening. I I don't know if I would. <sighs> I don't. I don't see USC win a national championship anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know. I it's the pack. It is the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is not as strong as I think they're going to be. I think give Oregon a couple of years, and they might be up there. It depends on what how Dan Lanning does. Uh, okay, the upside to Dan Lanning being there is that they actually might play defense. Yes. Um, well, their defense wasn't the problem this past year, though. Their defense was definitely not the problem. It was their passing offense. And then, yeah. of course, when they played Utah, they just didn't show up. But, I mean, when they played Ohio State, Ohio State couldn't times. score. You know what I'm saying? So their, <laughs> their defense they, their defense wasn't the problem. They were physical in the trenches. You know what they say, you know? lose I lose you once, shame on, shame on you. Lose to me twice, shame on me. Get blown out twice. Your organ? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know where I was going in with that. Mario Cristobal, no, 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 Mario saying, Cristobal yeah, decided he wanted to leave, and that. he was like, you know, I want them to buy my contract out, so I'm going to lose as badly as possible to Utah. <laughs> yeah. Did they buy his? They no, they didn't, but he was trying, is yeah. what I'm saying. Definitely was trying. Uh, I will probably make the case as USC as well, but I could see one for LSU. And, and the reason why is, again, it's the SEC. Yeah. Um, we remember with the Pac-12, they're always playing the late games, so nobody likes to stay up and watch it. With the LSU, you're with LSU, you're usually on prime time. You're playing against um, some of the best defenses, and I think you could showcase if Caleb Williams' ultimate goal is to make it to the NFL, which I believe it is. But again, you look at USC and you look at the publicity. I can't even say that. And then the NIL deals that he could get—that's huge, huge down there in LA. Yeah. Um, and with Southern Cal, and especially being under Lincoln Riley, I do think that's the obvious choice on where Caleb Williams will go. And I think USC will be where he goes. I don't, I, I, I don't think LSU is going to have a chance. I, I did agree with what you said, though. Like the and my my point about you know he doesn't have to deal with Alabama if he goes to USC. That's that's very true. Um, however, I you know in my point about tradition, that was very similar to what you said. Like the SEC is kind of like a love hate thing. It gives you the benefit. Of of having playing in a prestigious conference, uh, but you also the trade off is the competition. However, if you, we, you and I were talking about this before the podcast, it hasn't stopped big names from coming. They're not scared to come in and play other big names. I think it's what they strive for. But like again, Saturday Down South had this article just talking about the coaches and big name players that have transferred into this the Southeastern Conference <coughs> uh, in, in the in recent history. Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, Mike Leach, Brian Harson are head coaches. Then you had guys like JT Daniels, Spencer Rattler, Jameson Williams, and Darian Kendrick that all came into the, the conference as well. So I think that might be – I don't know if that is going to be a uh, a prodding per se, maybe. You know, you have all these other big names coming into the conference, so why wouldn't I come and try to, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and it's going to help your draft stock if you do. 
But um, again, I think that the downside is still bigger at LSU than it is at, at, at Southern and, Cal. And the West is different than the East, too. Like, if I'm Darion Kendrick, I'm like, hey, I can go to Georgia, and, like, we, we're going to run that. The, our division, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like for him to go, he's like well, third, but, third, fourth best team in the SEC West, like starting off. You know, you got to go out and prove it. New coach, new scheme. Those aren't his players. It just wouldn't make sense, especially because LSU was not very good on offense this past year. So to go to a place where you, you know, you don't know the scheme, you don't have great protection, you don't have the best weapons, or to go to a place where it's always warm, you're going to be like prime time, you know, big leagues, you know the offense already, you know the coach. I mean, I just feel like. The upside's there. Well, in national championships aside, or even playoff appearances, who has the better chance of having the better season next year? I think the. I mean, I think LSU is realistically probably looking at some something more like a, uh, a seven and five, eight and four type year. Well, and with first, him, I think it's different. Year. I think he adds at least two, three wins because he's potentially. I think you have less wins because of one player, unless they're a standout in the SEC, than you do in the Pac-12. Obviously, there's generational talents like Cam Newton and Joe Burrow that they're going to win you, you know, 12 games. But um, I, I just think that that the the ceiling next year, regular season wins at USC, especially with Spencer Rattler and then the entire Oklahoma football team transferring. It seems, sometimes feels like yeah, out there the offense. It feels like he, yeah, he should it, he should go to USC. I yeah, don't I don't know I, why he's taking time to make the decision. To be honest, yeah, I don't know. He's, I think he's toying with people just a little bit. I mean, it's, have some fun, dude. I mean, here's a, here's another thing, interesting thing that you brought up. All right, this might be a little bit of trolling here, but you said that in the West he's the third or fourth team. If he goes the if he goes like Georgia, the SEC East, it's automatic. We're going to run the East. All right. If you ask Tennessee fans what's going to happen next year, Tennessee fans might actually say that they're going to run the East. So you better be careful. That is Grant. adorable. You better be careful with that. Just wait till I see Spencer Rattler. That's yeah, all well, I have to say. And South Carolina fans, because they're on the, the. Hey, I'm I'm calling eight and four, as and, a, and I'm smiling when I call as it. A, as a Georgia fan, I have to be honest with you. I'm picking South Carolina to win the East next year. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm. <laughs> Well, at least he made me smile oh, but, but that's started, always what grant please. does <laughs> oh, please don't thank you trey <laughs> look your 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 five-star qb's gunner stockton he, he ain't gonna be playing stetson Bennett gonna be playing next year can't wait for that that awkward side well, i was talking about i'm can't can't wait i cannot wait for kirby smart to waste another really talented qb and well, sit we'll him see. behind a walk-on well that, that that's another thing though Think, thinking back to the west though you look at all the good teams in the west I mean, you look at you got Alabama. Auburn had a down year, but I think Auburn's going to swing back. I mean, Auburn's got talent. Well, Bo Nix is gone, so we'll we'll, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> He's with Oregon's <laughs> problem now. Yeah, as I say, I don't think Bo is like the worst thing. Um, LSU's there, obviously, but Ole Miss this past year was very good. Uh, they're losing their Matt quarterback. Corral, they're losing Matt, Matt Corral's phenomenal talent, but however, they're yeah, they're, they're, there's, there's there's some transfer news, and so uh, Caleb Williams is not the only great quarterback in the yeah, transfer portal. We'll, we'll, we're gonna jump right into yeah. that, Trey. You 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 went into that really nicely. You're getting good at this now. So yeah, I mean, but Jackson Dart, big name, oh yeah, big talent. He's coming down to two schools, and Ole Miss, obviously one of them. What do you think, Zach? <sighs> I really want to make the case for Oklahoma, but I really I just don't see it. And and here's why: you you see what happened with Matt Carell last year. Mm-hmm. And you know Lane Kiffin, just with that, now he's a proven, he's one of those proven guys. He can get you to the NFL, get you a first-round pick. He has an elite offense where you can thrive. I think that's what Jackson Dart's looking for. I'm, I'm, if it was Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley still, I think, yeah, that's that's a huge... Obviously. That's a huge um, toss-up right there. 
But with Oklahoma, I I don't know what their offense is going to look like. They don't have that many weapons. Um, I, I there's just so much there's so much doubt around Oklahoma right now, and I think Ole Miss. That's more of a sure situation. That's why I think he'll ultimately choose Ole Miss. What about? As much as I hate to say this, because if he went to Ole Miss, I'd probably have to watch him throw for about twenty eight thousand yards next year. But what about JT going to Ole Miss? Because because <sighs> prior to Jermaine Burton committing to Alabama, which we all saw coming, there was the rumor of the package deal going between JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton both going to play for Kiffin at Ole Miss. Obviously, didn't I mean Burton's going to Tuscaloosa, so that's fine. But w- potential to have JT in Oxford. <sighs> I don't know. I, I really don't know about the whole JT Daniels situation. Now, the, the thing is, is that... It would fit. It, I, I find it funny that Jermaine Burton went right over to Alabama, even though he just won a natty. That, <laughs> that, I find that funny, and I, I do I find that... I think it's smart. I think that's one of I those... I think it's smart, yeah. I, th- I think that's one of those things where it's like, are you willing to sit behind QB that you're going to get 400 yards per season and not have a chance in the NFL, or are you willing to start... At Alabama, where they're going to throw it all over the field, and and, and, and win a natty, and and have a chance to win a natty. So it's just two different two different things. <laughs> we repeating, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness! There it is. There it is. <coughs> but I, I think Jackson Dart versus JT. It's it's different. Jackson is younger. I know him. JT also has an incredible amount of talent, and I think that's overshadowed. I think JT, you couldn't take it out of the equation that he might go to Oklahoma. I think that's a that's a possibility. But you have to battle another talented starter there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, with Dylan Gray, Gabriel. So I mean, I, I just if I'm JT, like I've had enough of quarterback controversy. Like I'm, I'd be tired of this. Is the second school I've had to transfer from where I'm probably the best guy. Missouri. I'm saying I'm going somewhere where I'm the guy. I'm the head of the offense. I'm the focal point. Even if it's not the best school, you know what I'm saying? Because JT's got to start thinking about how he's going to pay the bills, man. You know, Clemson. I wish, I don't wish that it, because I, mean, I don't want Clemson to be good, but they, the fact that they don't get in on the transfer portal, it just doesn't make, I, I don't understand it. The fact that the only transfer quarterback they've ever gotten was a guy that left their school because he wasn't going to get to play, and now they're bringing him back, and he's like average. If JT Daniels, I, I would say Oregon, I, that's, that's another school I would throw out there for JT, and here, the reason why is you can beat out Bo Nix. You could beat out Bo Nix for that But, but why spot. would you go there when he, like, you know what I'm saying? Why would you compete with that kind of talent when you can go somewhere where they just have, like, a scrub well, sophomore, well, you know? Well, where? Every third Saturday, I could beat out Bo Nix, though. What, TCU? So, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Going to one of those the softer conferences like the ACC. Like, I mean, go to the ACC, man. You see what Kenny Pickett did this year? Like, just talking about improving your stock. Yeah, but where would you go in the ACC? Wake Forest. Wake Forest already has Sam. I'm not Martin. kidding. I'm just throwing yeah, yeah. them out there. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, know. I just like the fact that they were good this year. I just, this is true. That was. Funny. I mean, I, I like ideally, if I'm him, like I would give Clemson a call. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Cade Klubnik and DJ. Clubnick's mm-hmm. Clubnick's good though. Yeah, he's a true freshman. But he, I mean, he can't start right away. But if he puts some weight on, I think he'll be good. Um, I don't know. I think Keaton Slovis is going to do really good this year at Pitt. Uh, but but JT, I, I'm not like rushing this because I want the right fit. Um, and so I, I think he should he should take his time. You know, maybe look at some teams. I mean, look around the ACC. I like look how at the we Big Ten. What about Jackson Dart? And then we went over to JT. I wonder what, why. What's the? Uh, 
I'm just, man, you brought up Ole Miss. That's all I'm saying. I wasn't. Well, I think Jackson I'm Dart. I'm losing him. I don't want to talk about him. If I'm him. Jackson Dart, though, speaking speaking about Jackson Dart, uh, it's like the ex you broke up with, but you like want to tell everyone it wasn't your fault. You know. All right, first off, Jackson Dart's really good. That so describes whoever... every quarterback situation that Georgia's had since Kirby Smart's been the head coach, except this one ended up. Cr- cries and thinks about Justin Fields. <laughs> Imagine, that imagine Caleb name. Williams having Georgia at one of the top of his schools when he was about to transfer out of Oklahoma, and Kirby Smart. He calls Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart's giving the call. Yeah, we already got a starter. His name is Stetson Bennett. Yes, yeah, Stetson's coming the back. Fourth. <laughs> it's the fourth. The <laughs> fourth. But I, I think with Jackson Dart, like Lane Kiffin is brilliant. Ole Miss is good. They had a good defense last year. I think they're they're had good momentum going into next year. Their defense is all right. I mean, but it's better than like what they, Ole Miss had been. Yes, yeah, but I'm saying with Oklahoma, you're going to a new place. Uh, with new staff, Brent Venables has not shown us how he coaches quarterbacks. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. Literally, your whole offensive start, like skill set, skill position. Has what left. about what's this quarterback? And I'm saying this because I haven't really paid attention to him. Come to think of it, but uh, what's the quarterback situation looking like in Miami? Uh, they have their uh, the cube. What's his name? Derek King. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, because JT would beat that dude out. I know. Well, this was this was last year, this previous year, right? Yeah, it's the guy. Uh, I I'm, I gotta look it up. I know it's one of the guys that I think is actually gonna break out next year. I try. I, I said I was gonna watch more Miami this year, and then I watched the first game versus Alabama, and I was like, never mind. And I did not watch another Miami game the rest of the year. Nope. And they let Bryce Young throw for like 400 yards in his first start. I just got a Tyler Van Dyke. Is Tyler, it, Tyler is there Van like Dyke. a lot of hype around this guy? Yeah, he's really good. He is actually really good. I just got a notification making sure that I will that I tune in to listen to head coach Tom Crean and the voice of the Bulldogs discuss the Georgia basketball problem. I'm going to make sure to do that. Yeah. I, I got to go. I'm sure you would. I'm it sure says, you'd love I'm It sure says the De'Aaron King's still on the team, though. Yeah. I mean, but I feel is like he playing wide receiver yet? He, he needs to. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know what happened to him, man. He was really good. and He, just... he left Houston and went to Miami. Yep, that's, that's what happens. That's where all careers go to die, usually. Bro, why won't JT that, just go to Cincinnati? Program. Oh, please. Don't. We'll, we'll uh, can we, okay, can we ban that team from being talked about on this no, podcast what? yet? Cincinnati deserved to be in the playoff this past As year. As the one who right, was right gonna, about first them. Off, can first I, off, we're going to talk about them. All right? We're going to talk about them. Uh, but I need, I need you guys to be patient. All right? Sorry. Patient while I get to the Cincinnati and group of hey. five. All right? All right. Talk about the whole group of five? Oh, no. <laughs> no anyway, let's, let's not talk about the we, we know exactly what Zach wants to talk about. So go ahead, Zach. What do yes. you want to talk about? Oh, recruiting news. Drum roll, please. I'm tuning out. Drum roll, please. You can't. You're not allowed to tune out for this. Harold Perkins decommitted from the University of Texas A&M. He is out of College Station. All right? And I don't know if you've heard, but he just took an official visit to Florida two weeks ago and he uh really really liked it and then he was on his story and people took screenshots of what slides he was wearing in hawaii for the senior bowl what animal was on the slides and Zach? And, and that animal was a gator oh and it was gator slides that he was wearing i'm not saying that that's where he's going to commit but i'm saying there's a huge chance right now that he could be going to florida and that is the number four overall recruit the number one overall linebacker that, that we had no shot, no shot at before Billy Napier came. I'm all for the integrity of college football and, and maintaining it 
did, did we did anybody do a check on who paid for those slides? Was that a booster? I just want to make sure. Hey, it's I an wanna, NIL deal purchase. I just want, okay. NIL. I just want to make sure that you know the University of Florida is up. All I'm standards. saying is, after watching Harold Perkins highlights earlier, oh my goodness, is this guy a freak athlete? Woo. I mean, he he brings a huge ability to cover to be dynamic, especially if he puts weight on because he's about two ten right now. He can put weight on in a Florida weight room. Uh, any college program is going to help him gain weight. I know. I mean, he could be explosive. I mean, really good. Uh, Grant's turning red. Yeah. Bulldogs red. But yeah, Harold he, Perkins is really good. You yeah, know, Zach he, actually has a reason to be excited. Here. The number he's the number four overall recruit for a reason, Grant. Okay. I'm not doubting his ability. Off just, ball linebackers are a premium in a game that's dominated by RPOs, and, and he is one of the best. I'm telling you, Harold Perkins mix that with Shamar James. Oh, here we go. Who's a top 100 linebacker as well? Probably, I think he's in the, the three linebacker. Shamar James is already committed, signed his letter of intent to Florida. All right, you're talking about Harold Perkins possibly coming to Florida. You already have five star Kamari Wilson, the number one overall safety. He's already signed his letter of intent to Florida. All right, so that's that's a five star already that Florida got. Another five star now that they, I'd say seventy thirty that they're probably going to get. Shamar Jane's a top linebacker that nobody that f- was out of the race. Florida was out of the race. Alabama was expected to get him. And then Jacoby Matthews, the number two overall safety, just took in a visit to Florida as well. And it's looking like he could possibly commit to Florida. So you're talking Billy Napier is doing recruiting. He is doing some magic in recruiting right now for Florida, and he and he's changing the culture. And I, as a Florida fan, I'm ecstatic for what he's doing recruiting wise. I'm just really excited because I think next year, if they can get these recruits in, that they're not going to let Sanford come in there and show them what's up. Oh, I think they'll wrong. be able to hold Sanford under thirty, bro. That's wrong. <laughs> under thirty might be a push, but that's wrong. under fifty, I think, would very realistic. That's wrong. <laughs> That's wrong. No, I'm I'm sorry. There but are probably local high schools. You know what? When Harold hey, Perkins lays points. out Spencer Rattler next year, we can come. We can come talk. We we will. We'll be on the podcast talking. Yeah. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, notice he picked on the South Carolina fan in the room, not the Georgia fan. Okay, first off, we'll lay out five eleven Stetson Bennett's butt too. So what if it's hey, six hey, foot this four, two hundred thirty pound? This is a family friendly podcast. Come on, guys. Oh yeah, that's right. I can't. Well, I can so say butt it, on here. Yeah, it's your podcast. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, Harold Perkins, like, guys, all bias aside, Harold Perkins is an animal. I mean, he is a beast. He, he's on a mission. He's a good, good player. Um, it's at a premium in the position. I think it would really, really help Florida. He's an X-Factor player. So if they can get him, I mean, that's huge for their program. And that's huge for, like, the future of their program because, again, Billy Napier's only been there for, like, two and a half months. So that, that's pretty crazy what's happening right now. So k- kudos to you, Zach. Had- you, know what, you know what actually could be a really interesting game next year that I'm, re- I'm, I'm legitimately interested to watch? No, I'm not. Zach's looking at me like I'm about to say something like a snarky comment. I'm actually not. I want to watch the Florida-Tennessee game next year because you kind of have an up-and-coming Tennessee offense we saw with like that was legitimately good at the end of last year. We're talking about a spark on a Florida defense that got embarrassed multiple times last year and has something to prove. That could be a really I mean, interesting you're talking, matchup. You're talking Kamari Wilson, a five-star safety. <coughs> All right. You're talking uh, Harold Perkins, five-star, mm-hmm. five-star linebacker, four overall recruit. You're talking Jacoby Matthews, possibly committing. You're also talking Shamar James, Chris McKellen. They have a very, very. If they get Harold Perkins, this is a really, really star-studded defensive I'm recruiting it, class. It'll be, it'll be a little young and inexperienced, and maybe a little undisciplined at times. But it's there's there'll be there'll be a, there'll be a really good amount of talent. So that's what I'm saying. That that Tennessee and we also Florida got a, matchup could be really. We also good got next a year. really good corner um, 
not this is not knocking on Georgia, but we got a, a transfer from uh, from Georgia. Everybody, um, I think I think that would be a, I think that'd be a good game though. Hendon Hooker, he's a good quarterback. I mean, the, the deep ball was just nuts. I yeah, mean, the, the way that they played at the end of the season, their bowl game, the way they put up points in the first quarter was crazy. They yeah. absolutely cannot play defense, but they their offense is good. They have an offseason to try to learn, former, but I still don't think it'll be very good. Former top one hundred, um, former top one hundred uh, cornerback uh, Jalen Kimber, he tra- oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. transferred out and he transferred to Florida. So that's he, another. He, he that's wasn't a, playing in Athens. No, he we also forget happen. Anthony Richardson is a very very good talent. Like we, it got overshadowed by like how bad Florida was at the end of last season. But there were like spots throughout the year where we're like, man, this guy's going to be really, really good. I mean, there were times in the year when I was listening to him and Caleb Williams being talked about. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, Caleb Williams started playing great, and Florida as a whole just started giving up 50 points to Samford. So like he or dropped out of the conversation. He started giving up, getting out of the conversation because of Florida's success. He's also really injury prone. Yeah, but well, I mean that comes with the play style. But I mean yes. he's very talented. So if he can stay healthy, bright future for Florida, I think. All right, let's get into uh, Jackson State. Jackson State. They landed Travis Hunter in the number one overall recruit. They landed a top uh, sixty wide receiver in Kevin Coleman, four star recruit, top one hundred player. Deion Sanders says that more is coming National Signing Day. That they're going to make more splashes. Do you think Jackson State's going to make more splashes? And do you think that Jackson State should think about making the jump to FBS if this keeps happening? I absolutely think they should keep making more splashes. I think their recruiting is going to be off the chain while Deion Sanders is there. I don't think they should make the change to FBS. Did you watch their bowl game versus South Carolina State or play out whatever game it was? Oh my goodness, it was awful. They took a quick lead and then all of a sudden did nothing the rest of the game. Now, I think part of it is because Deion's son is playing quarterback. I think it's Shadur. And he's... I don't know if he's the best fit. No, he's he's no, he's actually decent. He has talent. He's throwing the ball. I mean, well, you saw over South Carolina State, the turnovers I mean, absolutely killed them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and maybe in a few years if the recruits go the right way, but they need to be developed. And that's one thing. Dion got a bunch of former really good football players to be their coaches, but that doesn't mean they're good coaches. So we need to see how they develop all this talent. If they can do that, then sure, maybe they can make the jump to FBS. But right now, I think, you know, do your thing, bring credit to Jackson State, HBCUs, but stay in your lane and, and try to win there first. Grant, do you think Jackson State will make a push? Mm. The short answer, I mean, no, not really. I don't really have like a... <sighs> not a push for like the number one team in the nation, but oh, a no, push no, no, for no, no, national no, no. Yeah, signing no, I day. Know. Uh... I, whether they'll make a push or not, I mean, I I guess they will. I, I just don't know. I get that they got the number one overall recruit, which is impressive. But, I mean, Jackson, and I've never seen their campus, but I can't imagine their facilities are great. I think at some point to garner something that's going to be any more of a splash than what they've already made is going to be difficult to do just because you're not going to be able to compete with – I mean – for instance, to use this guy with 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 the, that Florida has potentially flipped from A and M, I mean Florida gets to go to A and M and show the exact same type of facilities that A and M has. That's a, that's an advantage. Jackson State again, they're not flipping anybody, but I mean, if you're going to go to A and M or Florida, Dion. it's mostly Dion. Yeah, it's you're basically recruiting off of a flashy coach. You're not, which is which is good and it's worked so far, but I. It just doesn't. It that's all you have to offer. So I, I don't think they're going to make much more of a splash than what they've already made. 
I think people go to Jackson State for two reasons. One, Dion. I mean, who does not like Deion Sanders? Come on. Second of all, it's the principle. You're going to make HBCUs better and to prove that they have top-of-the-line talent, just like they used to have. You know, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I think you go there out of the principle. I don't think Travis Hunter went there because he's like, man, they're going to make me great. Like, they're going to help me get drafted really high. No, he wanted, I to, think, he wanted to learn under Dion. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah, I but, I mean, also, I think I don't think it's all Dion because, I mean, Nick Saban's a better secondary coach than Dion. I mean, Nick Saban, like, the best at coaching secondary. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Florida. I mean, Ohio State, LSU. Like, you can go to so many places and learn to be a great corner. I think it's more than that. Like, I, I think he, he wants to prove something, and I think that's got to be the motivation to go there because, like Grant said, there's no other external motivation to go no. there. I mean, you could win a, a title, but, <laughs> I mean, who's watching that title game? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got North Dakota State in the way of winning that title. But Well, I mean, yeah, but I feel like Jackson State – Maybe two or three years from now, if they keep recruiting like this, I mean, North Dakota State doesn't have that kind of talent. No. But North Dakota State is very talented. I mean, they're talented in some FBS schools. Yeah, they're, they're talented enough to be top 25 schools. They've shown it. So. I mean, like when they played Iowa and there was like no flashy players on the field, I mean, they out they were out-athleting Iowa, which isn't very hard to do as we saw in no. the Big Ten Championship game. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> true. Um, so... You know, no player is going to go there because that's like the best place to be. They're going to go there if they want to make it better. So, all right, let's move on to surprises and disappointment. This segment, I'm actually really excited for this segment because we get to hear about some teams that we really thought were some surprises. I'm so excited and, for this segment. Just, yeah, Zach, I love that you did this. Yeah, some some disappointments. <laughs> Notice who's not on the list for surprises. Sorry. Why was it? I don't know who you're the dogs. That wasn't a surprise. That was, yeah. It wasn't? Okay. I mean, maybe. I mean, if you think so. I mean, them making the playoffs probably not a surprise, but them winning a natty. Stetson beating Alabama. That was Having to come back to beat Alabama. That was a surprise, yes. All right. Surprises. Number one, let's talk about Arkansas. Arky. Arky, Sam Pittman, Outback Bowl champs, 9-4, and four, beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl. Oh, yeah. An fourth, impressive year. Fourth best team in the SEC. <sighs> Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, I would say fourth best that's, team. That's, yeah. but after this year, yeah, I'll take I think them. they're I think they're better than Kentucky. Their losses were yeah, good I losses. Think, yeah. I think they're better. Yeah, aside from uh, I, their one loss was where they were completely outclassed in Athens. Yeah, but they played. They actually played Alabama close. Yeah, they did. They played. They played Ole Miss close as well. That was like a one. They, yeah, they should have beaten Ole Miss. To be real honest with you, they, that was that was yeah. that game could have gone either way. So Sam Pittman, he did an incredible job, and I was really surprised with Arkansas. Them getting into the top ten was huge for them. At just just to say that. Oh yeah. They've been beating Texas A and M. Next year, I'm really looking out for Arkansas and see how they're going to be doing because KJ Jefferson will be back. I think that dude's Their good. Offense, too. offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles did stay with Arkansas. And give Sam Pittman one more year to keep building in that culture and keep getting those players. Traylon Burks is leaving though. That's that's pretty big. And that's but, huge. But they did get the, um, they got somebody else. Yeah, no, I, I still think they'll be good. I think they'll be better next year. But I mean, that that's just their star player. Who's their wide receiver? They got a they got a star wide receiver though. I I, I don't remember his name. Um, I got. I just know versus Texas A&M watching that game. Traylon Burks was just an X factor, man. I think he helped KJ Jefferson out a lot, but uh, you know maturation comes as a quarterback. Just ask Joe Burrow. This is yes. I think all would know Jaden Jadon Hasselwood. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. So that that is huge actually. So yeah, they'll they'll be good. I mean, they're I think they're the third best team in the West. 
I mean, that's year, another reason Caleb Williams shouldn't go to LSU. I think they'll be second. I think next year they'll be second best team in the Even West. if Jackson Dart goes to Ole Miss? Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, I think that's a I hot think take. I think Sam Bitten's building that culture and I think I would not be surprised if they go ten and two. Well the different the difference is I think Arkansas is gonna be a way more physical team than Ole Miss is. Yes. Uh, because I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, he might be head coach, but deep down, Sam Pittman's still an offensive line coach, and yep. he's gonna he's gonna concentrate on winning the battle on the offensive and defensive lines. Mm-hmm. Better recruiting. I mean, he's gonna be able to do it. I, yeah, I like what they're building. Let's face it. I just there's more. There's a way better culture of football at Arkansas than there is at Ole Miss. Like that's great. I, I Ole Miss, Oxford, great college town, a lot of tradition there. But I, let's face it, Arkansas. Is a football school more so than I mean? Uh, technically, Ole Miss is too. But I just mean there, there is when you think of power tradition, you're going to think of Arkansas before you think of Ole Miss. And I just I, I, just, I just see yeah. them as having a. I honestly, I see them as having just as high of a ceiling as Ole Miss does with with Kiffin, maybe higher. Ooh, hot take, but I I, I see where you're getting that. From. I'm not saying I'm, that's not a prediction. That's just I just think there's potential there. All right. Baylor. Speaking of physicality, that's Baylor, the one of the, probably the most physical team, um, I would say in the nation last year. I mean, they just well, they they lacked. He's what he's saying is they made up. No, no, they no. made up for their lack of like skill, position, talent with physicality. So yeah. like, whereas Georgia could stretch the field and do those kind of things, yeah, no, I know. Baylor just literally punched everyone yeah. in the face. Um, Baylor twelve and two, Big Twelve champs and Sugar Bowl champs. Defensively, they were sound too. They were a really sound defensive team. That's not going to change either. No, I don't think. Uh, Dave Aranda being there is is one of the reasons why they're so good. Um, and I really liked, I really like again the culture that he's building. You're you're seeing these programs that are really making surprises and splashes. It's because I believe the culture that's already there and that's already being instilled with Sam Pittman, Dave Aranda. We're going to go down the list. You look at Michigan State and Mel Tucker. That culture, I think, is a really big one, too. So I'm – go ahead, Grant. Well, I was just going to say, how big of a sigh of relief is the Big 12 breathing right now, too, the fact that Oklahoma or Texas didn't win the Big 12 this year? Because since they're leaving, you, you're lo- you're losing your two flagship programs. you got to have either Baylor or TCU step up or Oklahoma State. And you're, well, I mean, Baylor did that. So. I, th- I think Baylor and Oklahoma State, I mean, they were better than the other two teams yeah, this year. absolutely. But I think Baylor set a precedent that they're going to be the best team in the Big 12 for a while now, uh, especially with the transition to Oklahoma. Um, I think Texas will be better next year. Um, but, I mean, I have to see it from Texas, Like, uh, if I'm being honest. I mean, Shane Bussell, <laughs> Sam Ellinger, like, those are, like, good teams, and they lost, like, five games yeah, consistently. And so, But Baylor is consistent. They played consistent football. If they wouldn't have lost that three, or if they wouldn't have lost to Oklahoma State earlier in the year, and Iowa State, yeah, if they wouldn't have lost either of those games or just one of those games, I mean, they'd have been in the playoffs, man. You know what I'm saying? And not to hate on Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati had better skill talent than them, but they would have been able to hang in there a little bit longer with uh, Michigan or something like that. I, I feel like Alabama would have done the same. Yeah, thing. and I think Baylor Baylor would have won a head to head with Cincinnati, in my opinion, as well. Uh, I think it, go either way. Just I think quarterback play. Actually, I, I I would not I would not disagree with that. And I think one of the reasons that we saw what happened in Cincinnati physicality wise on the line of scrimmage. That's true. Yeah, I think Baylor would absolutely destroy that. And Baylor is one of the top rushing teams in the nation. Yeah, so that's true. Bama was not, and Baylor is. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I, that might Thinking be a, bl- that yeah, might be a bloodbath. If, if you look at if you look at Bama's scheme. They you know, obviously Saban's the best coach in the country. He saw something. They went out and they were like, "We're just gonna run it. We're just gonna run it right down their throats." And that was what they did. You're just gonna out. You're just gonna outplay them on the on yeah, the line of scrimmage. You weren't, and that's you were not gonna that, beat them on the outside. Well, no, not even Jameson that, Williams that could was, beat that was, Gardner on the outside. That was the game that that Baylor probably I mean, the physical game is 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 running the ball up the middle. So. 
and they're going to keep that culture. And, and that's the thing. The rest of the Big 12 is not like that. So, I mean, that that's just huge the, for them. They look like a little bit of an o- SEC school sitting o- in the Big 12. Oklahoma State Oklahoma State has a little bit of no, that. No, they're, they're good, but they ran the 3-5. through five, And so, yeah. naturally, that's made just off the pass. And it worked versus all those other teams. I mean, they got out physical in the uh, Big 12 championship game. So... Right, that, that was huge, though. I think that Baylor and Oklahoma State played each other in the, SEC, or in the uh, Big 12 championship. Is it possible Baylor could be a dark horse next year for um, college football playoff? I, I don't even know if I'd say dark horse. I think they're going to outright win the Big 12. And, I mean, you win your conference, you got a shot. Especially, I mean, you got one loss going into the, the playoff season because I mean, we know Cincinnati's not going to go back next year. Like, I love them. Like, I'm the, the biggest proponent for Cincinnati. No way they go back next year. No. no. Notre Dame, eh. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, that, I'm just saying yeah. they'll they'll have like one or two losses, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know if they'll if Baylor's close to them. I mean, they're getting in. SEC will probably put two schools in. I know Ohio State's going to make it next year. I mean, you know, we'll see what Clemson does, but I think Baylor's got a good shot. Yep. All right, let's let's move on. Let's go to number three, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, the ACC champs. Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. I really enjoyed watching Kenny Pickett this year. Um, yep. He just got engaged yesterday, so congrats, Kenny. Kenny, yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, which you're probably not, but who knows? He could be out there listening. Uh, Kenny Pickett uh, had a phenomenal year for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a phenomenal year just overall as a team. And I think it does help, though, that the ACC was a little bit down this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped Pittsburgh kind of implement and take that ACC championship. They were legit, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, when they played Clemson, Clemson still, I mean, like, Clemson was down this year. But Clemson had a legitimate defense. Yeah, their defense was good. But but Kenny won that game. I mean, Kenny threw the ball down the field on them. Um, and if they, would, if they would have had Kenny versus Michigan State, I think they easily win that game. I mean, they were playing with a third-string quarterback and had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. Kenny Pickett, I mean, he just showed this, like, super senior transfer type quarterback and, and how it's succeeding. Joe Burrow kind of laid the mold. I think it's great. Like, I think that's great for college football. I really like what I saw from Pittsburgh this year. Keaton Slovis came in, very talented quarterback. I mean, let's see what they can do. I mean, right now they're the reigning ACC champs. So, I mean, congrats to Pittsburgh. I never would have expected this no, at the onset. So Pittsburgh and Wake Forest in the ACC championship game this year? No way. Somebody would have made a lot of money off of that. <laughs> and, and Kenny Pickett having, like, a 45-yard rushing touchdown? I mean, somebody off. Somebody probably did make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. If they even predicted that, a lot of people were predicting Clemson or North Carolina, but well, I, I that see, didn't work out. I was going to say that would have. Can you imagine? No. So, well, speak, speaking of the team, oh, dude. Okay, so my my best friend and lifelong childhood friend is a huge UNC fan. All summer, I heard about Sam Howell, Sam, Sam and, Howell. Ma- and Mac Brown had the team. I even I even watched specials on ESPN about how this was UNC's year. Oh my goodness! How much did they score versus Virginia Tech? Oh, not a lot. But wasn't it like ten? Maybe they didn't even score. I can't. They got, remember. They got Mr. Sandband during. It that was game. unbelievable. So okay, shout out to UNC for underperforming and losing to my Cox at the end of this year. Go Cox, Game Cox. We got it. Spencer Rattler's coming. We won with the wide receiver at quarterback. I mean, we did it. I, you, I love being. Are you ball. done? Are you done? Sorry, Duke's Mayo bath. I mean, it just brings a smile <laughs> to my face. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number four, Michigan State, eleven and two. 
What, what y'all all right? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Michigan State, eleven and two, Peach Bowl champs. <laughs> Kirk, I don't know why Grant's laughing over there, but Grant, Grant's laughing at how happy I am that South Carolina <laughs> won the Dukes Mayo. Yeah, Bowls. I'm sure that's exactly what it was. All right, let's eleven and two, Peach Bowl champs, Michigan State. Mel Tucker moving in with that culture, moving in with the uh, horrendous, horrendous defense. By the way, it was it was like the passing defense was the worst in the nation. Just to put that in perspective for Michigan State, and yet they came away eleven and two, which is just a c- tremendous coaching job by Mel Tucker and that staff. Which Michigan State rewarded? I think with that contract extension. Oh yes, Very I nice. think if you're a Michigan State fan before the season, you're like, hey, eleven two Peach Bowl champs. They're like, yes. But if you tell them like mid November, hey, you guys are gonna lose two games and be Peach Bowl champs, they're like, what? Because I mean, after they beat Michigan, there was so much hype, and then Purdue was like, hey. Want to see me beat another top five team? And then you know, like, how you doing? I'm here. The, the quarter they need quarter, they need better quarterback play, uh, especially now that Kenneth Walker's gone. I don't know. I mean, he was their offense this year. They could take a step back. I could see them. Oh, they're going to take a back. huge step. Well, yeah. I mean, the the Pittsburgh game, the, the Peach Bowl was hard to watch because Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Walker were gone, and like without them, it was not that pretty of a game to watch. So. Yeah, Jalen. Kind of a boring game. It what was. Jalen Reed, they're the wide receiver from Michigan State. No, really he's stepped good. Up. Yeah, he really stepped up. And um, it's Jalen Na- Naylor. Na- it was Naylor. Yeah, Naylor. Yeah. yeah, he really stepped up and played well. All right, let's move on to probably my favorite one now is disappointments. Let's move on to the disappointments of the year. Number one, Texas. I don't know really what to say with this. We're back. Yeah, we're back, or will Texas ever be back? Five and seven on the year, and they had a horrendous loss to Kansas. Like Look, that is the worst loss of the year by far, in my opinion, for any team. It was it was really embarrassing. Yeah, it, it was. The Oklahoma loss was awful. Like we're not talking about that. They had a huge lead. Spencer Rattler played terrible. They let a quarterback who had never played college football before come in there and light them up. That's, I mean, I know Caleb Williams is fantastic. I'm lobbying for him as a top talent. You can't let that happen as a successful program. Absolutely not. So, I think SEC Shorts did a really good job of summing up the Texas football program when they had, you know, when they had the guy in the wheelchair in the full <laughs> oh, body cast, my and like he could, I mean, he, he couldn't do, the, wrong. he couldn't do the horns up thing because he had multiple broken fingers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of that video now oh that <laughs> that uh will texas ever be back i mean i guess in the sense i can't say no because you can't ever you know we don't know what's going to happen 10 years down the road but for the foreseeable future no and if they join the sec uh, assuming they're whatever the case is on the formation of the divisions after that whether they're in the sec a newly a different sec west or whether they are uh, division in some A, kind division of pods, B, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, it's just going to get worse. Your competition is just going to get way, way better. Yeah. Um. So, and, and you're still going to have to play Oklahoma. So a bottom, a bottom dweller, Missouri could beat them. So. Well, I think they significantly have improved. I think they'll I mean, be significantly yes, with better. With the addition of Quinn Ewers, yes, I think that's going to. Well, they still have Bijan Robinson, right? Yeah. I mean that I that do. that's huge. Um, I think that will help them finish off games. They couldn't finish games at the end of last year because people would just be like, okay, they cannot pass the ball. Let's stop the run. And they couldn't move the ball. And so teams would come back on them. I think now that you have a dynamic quarterback, I mean, one of the best, I think he's got a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. I think you significantly improve, but I mean, we watched Arkansas just them I mean, this past year. So, I mean, you know, 
I think they've improved in the sense that after that Arkansas game, they I think the paramedics did determine there is a pulse. But other than that, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you troll. I, I'm so, I can't help myself. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't troll Florida today. So hey, look. To be honest, oh, this can't? is the reason why you're so great on the podcast. You just troll and troll and troll. That's that's what I'm I love. keeping. Well, it we real. are talking hey, about disappointments. I'm, keep, I'm keeping. Yeah. So. I'm keeping it real. And the troll was very correct in his trolling about the Bearcats. So. Mm. Unfor- which I don't Wait, take the pride Cincinnati in. Bearca- not, the Cincy Bearcats? The yes. Cincinnati? Oh, not, they should I'm have a, great pride in, in their program in, right they now. Sh- they should. And in no way am I in an I told you so situation at all. I'm not, I take no joy in that. I just like the fact that Alabama beat them. And the fact that it made Zach wear a Georgia shirt. That yeah. was, that now, that was is really like right. one of the closer games Alabama has played in the playoff in the, in the first round. So Very true. Hats Russia. off to them. All right, let's move on to the second team, Iowa State. I'm going to give y'all's opinion. Yes, I said y'all's on this podcast. Um, Grant, Trey, yes, sir. What did we think about Iowa State season? Because I really thought, I really thought Iowa State had a chance to get the playoff this year. I really did. No, I didn't think that. But Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, I cannot believe they went seven and six. Especially as close as they played with Iowa, which at the time Iowa looked a lot better than they actually were. But I mean, Iowa does have a really good defense. Agreed. But I mean, you've got a, a really talented quarterback and a really, really good running back. Really good offensive lineman. Uh, defense, I mean, for a Big 12 team, it's a pretty good defense. You're supposed to have a great coach, you know? Uh, that's great that the coach sat out there and watched them senior day and cried. But the reason he was crying is because they were finishing 7-6 and six when they had all that talent <laughs> on the roster. And Trey's <laughs> trolling now. He wasted like their it. senior season. I mean, you know, I, I just hate that they – I remember when Brock Purdy Charlie came Kolar. in. Yeah, they wasted Charlie Kolar too, that, that tight end that they had. Yeah. But I mean, when when Brock Purdy came in, like he was supposed to be legit, and he is, he's been so inconsistent. And I mean, I, I hate it for their program because I mean, everyone wants Iowa State to do good. I mean, they're Iowa State, but I mean, yeah, they don't win anything. It's it's it was tough to watch. I, I just couldn't believe like how inconsistent they were all season. I was gonna say that I was gonna say to speak to that inconsistency. There's like some kind of Big Twelve hybrid version of like a Mississippi State where you didn't know what you were gonna get from week to week. Mm-hmm. You you would. I mean, we joked about Mississippi State. Like the joke all year was, oh, we only show up when they were playing a ranked team, mm-hmm. which is true because they beat they beat some really good teams. But then you turn around the next week playing unranked team and lose. I feel in the same kind of sense that's a little bit how we got with Iowa State this year. You just you got different versions of the same team every week and it, it, was, it was kind of frustrating you there was no way to kind of put your thumb down on, on on what exactly you had up there so you're good enough to beat baylor then you can't beat iowa i mean you can't finish games versus yep. teams that you are clearly more talented than that's just it's tough yeah disappointing matt campbell but i think he's building a, a he built a great culture in iowa state and they've had some of the best years they've ever had with matt campbell so oh, I like Matt Campbell. I'm just saying I think they mm-hmm. really underperformed. Like yep. they're definitely a disappointment. Uh, yeah. Number three, Florida. Uh, six and seven, dud kind of year. I think one of the reasons they kind of had a dud kind of year is because they didn't know who their quarterback was. I mean, you're not gonna. I don't think a, a two quarterback system with Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones was ever gonna work out. I don't like, think that's the reason they went six and seven, though. Well, yeah, I obviously you can point it to Dan Mullen, and you can point it to him recruiting outside of the uh, uh, the season. The entire defensive side of the ball. Yeah, the, that is also a really good reason. Yes, but I I also think that when you aren't taking leadership as a coach and saying, "Hey, this is who our quarterback is. This is who it's going to be," 
And then well, he said that. He said, Emory Jones is our starting quarterback. And then he would consistently play Anthony Richardson here and there in snippets. And everybody saw who the more talented guy was. And mm-hmm. you start losing confidence in that. I think he lost the locker room. And I at that point, that's when the season started going downhill is when you lose confidence in the locker room. And I think that's really what, what hurt Florida and, and why they had such a dud year this year. Yeah, well, I mean... I think in a way, it, not to maybe the same extent, but as as a Georgia fan, we kind of had the same thing watching Fromm uh, and Fields. You know, Fromm was the was the undisputed starting quarterback at Georgia, but then Fields gets on the field not near as much as Richardson did. But when he does get on the field, he shows those flashes of brilliance, and so you have people really questioning the decision to stick with the guy that's there. Um, and not a knock to to Emory Jones, but I mean. He's he. I don't think he has. He doesn't have near the ceiling that Anthony Richardson does. So, not, yeah, not even close. Um, I think that is that's that that's definitely frustrating. And you made the point earlier in the year that was it after the. It might have been after the Samford game, when they. Uh, it, it was either that or after a loss. I forget which one. Um, where they. Uh, you stay out to sing the alma mater or the fights. So I don't remember what it is at Florida. But, and Georgia had, game. Was it the Georgia game? Oh, it was the Georgia game. Okay, gotcha. Um, they were, uh, you know, they only had one guy stay out. And it was like, yeah, regardless of on the field performance, you'd realize that Dan Mullen and the Florida off the field performance was even worse than, than what it was showing on the field. And, and that those translate together. And so, yeah. I, Dan Mullen wearing the Darth Mater mask was only outdone by how bad they were on the field the second half of the season. I'm sorry to say it, Zach. Yeah, that is true. They were that They were that bad. It, I mean, it's just tough because I watched the Alabama game. I went back home that weekend. And, I mean, Florida looked great. I mean, they, they were running traps with the quarterback. I mean, they just they had a good offensive scheme. They played good defense. I mean, they made Bryce Young look rattled. That's the first game this season where Alabama didn't just outright win by 20 points. I mean, Florida looked good. And then three weeks later, to be losing to teams that – don't have the kind of talent you have. It was really sad. I think it definitely falls on Dan Mullen's shoulders, but it was an anomaly. I mean, I, I feel like you replayed the season, it wouldn't have happened this way again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So th- there were definitely things that like just didn't go his way, and that also helped add to the avalanche. But I, I ultimately, it probably turned to Florida's good just because of what's going to happen three or four years from now. No, you. Yeah, I. They. You needed to have a house cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um. And and, and honestly, boy, was there a house cleaning? And, and and as bad as stuff like I think you know it, it's like a tough bitter pill to swallow. I mean, obviously you don't want to beat you don't want to lose to Georgia, and you definitely don't want to or uh, receive that like I don't know like an RKO that South Carolina gave you. I mean, but that in the I think in the long, short term stinks. The long term is definitely good for the Florida program. Um, 100% agree. 100%. Four years from now, Natty Champs. Oh, man. Write it down. <laughs> is, that a, is that just like an no, opinion? No, no, let's not. Or? Let's not write that down. Let's not write that down. Uh, f- number four, Oregon. You look at the record compared to the other teams, you're like, why Why is it a, why are they on the disappointments? Well, you have to look at it as they're 10 and four and the way they ended the year versus the way they started the year. You go into horse the horseshoe and you beat Ohio State. They jumped up to four in the right, four or three. Like I, everybody was so high. Like Oregon, oh, well, they looked great. Yeah, they did. They looked, they looked phenomenal. And then you go to that, you lose to Stanford. And then who else did they? Lost to Utah twice. Yep, they and... lost to Utah twice, and then they lost their bowl game. Yes. 
So that's those three losses in the regular season. You lose to Stanford, a team you should have never lost to. That's embarrassing. Then you go to Utah, and not only do you lose, you get blown out not once, but twice. Same way. In the same way. Mm-hmm. You couldn't score an offense, and Utah's defense absolutely dominated the game. And, and special teams. They, they were outplayed in all three phases of yeah. both games. Eight quarters. Eight quarters. They were and, on and the again, field. That was, that's a matter of, that is a matter of game plan. Like If you're going out there and you're getting blown out twice... To me, that's a matter of game plan. That's not a matter of your players not playing the well. The pl- players are better. I mean, Oregon's better on paper yeah. than Utah is. It's so. I-, I was very disappointed in Oregon. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is phenomenal. You look. You just look at their team. I mean, they have some really good players. They're running back this past year, even though I think he just transferred out or entered the portal at least. Yeah, Travis Dye. Yeah, I mean, he was great. You know, um, just very disappointing. Especially because of how good they were. People don't look at how talented they were on their offensive line and their defensive line. Like, that's huge. Like, when you have that much of an advantage at the line of scrimmage versus your entire conference, how can you go out there and lose three games in conference? Especially one of them to a really, really, really underwhelming Stanford team. So, I was very disappointed in Oregon this year. Um, I thought it was time for Cristobal to be gone from there. We'll see what Dan Landing can do. But if I'm an Oregon fan, I'm, I'm upset with this past year. I, I think Cristobal wasted Herbert. I mean, he wasted Javon Holland. I just, I haven't been happy with Oregon's program since they lost Mariota. I mean, it just hasn't been the same. So that's just my opinion, though. Just wasting players. Mm-hmm. Grant, you got anything to say? Well, I mean, I just think that if Oregon is on the the disappointment list, then you just about have to. I mean, if you're going to put a fifth on the surprise list, I mean, Utah a little bit, and they played way above their talent level yeah, against they Oregon. They're, they're kind of like the Tasmanian Devil. Like it, the old Looney Tunes cartoon, mm-hmm. like yeah. they're just sitting there, but they're you kind of keep them at arm's length because they're they're kind of crazy, and so you don't know <laughs> when they're just going to turn into a tornado, and the, you know the tornado rolled through Eugene twice and totally and leveled almost it, rolled and through. Then almost went through Columbus too. Yeah. Like that was the thing. I, that's that's why I think that honestly having Oregon on here as a disappointment speaks a, a ton to Utah as being on the surprise list, just because Utah played so far above their talent level. I mean, Oregon, you said, like Trey said, that Utah is not near as talented as Oregon. Like Oregon's the way better team on paper, even though they dr- they got drilled by Utah twice. The same way, same thing with Ohio State. They're way better than Utah on paper. They that that should not have been a game, but Utah just. It sounds cliche, but man, they played with some heart this year, they and did. it was it was uh, it was and, 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 and a little and, bit of and, luck. And they did. Now, in all honesty, I know they had some external circumstances that probably provided motivation for them to. They were playing for two fellow teammates at, at a lot of points. Yeah, too. yeah. But but also, I think that. Um, I was just really impressed, and I think it's a disappointment. Um, they just uh, with, with Oregon, it just felt at times like obviously Utah had their number. Just but felt like a mess. It was they just got a, it was very discombobulated. There was no. It felt like there was no organization. You di- again, it's another team that you. It wasn't to the same extent that like Iowa State or Mississippi State was, but you didn't quite know which team was going to show up. You because the Stanford makes no sense whatsoever. Honestly, even if you lose to Utah, to lose that bad twice makes no sense. And when when you combine that with the like y'all said, the win in in Ohio. It, that it just it, it's a very confusing year and yeah I agree with Trey Mario Cristobal it leaves you kind of scratching your head because he wasted yeah, I don't way know. too much talent Miami I, I really don't they're getting a good recruiter that's all I know but I mean but recruiting but, is only half the yeah. battle Nick Saban yeah. is a fantastic recruiter um, but he's even a better game manager yeah but that's what I'm saying like Lane Kiffin's good at recruiting Kirby Smart an incredible recruiter but they also 
like can sit in that locker room and tell the guys on on the tape uh, on the whiteboard this is how we're going to win and we're going to do this and it's going to work and it happens Mario Cristobal got out coached three times this year I'm not going to put the bowl loss on him actually I think he was gone already but I mean it was tough um as talented as they were it's underachieving and the next team on the list uh, which I already mentioned on earlier this team's also incredibly disappointing I think they were overrated North Carolina we're talking about North Carolina I think North Carolina was overrated but they're a talented team to have that good of a quarterback and that much that much thought about talent on defense because of where those guys are ranked recruiting and to play that bad all season on defense it was a huge disappointment I mean you're wasting you're wasting Sam Howell and Josh Downs turned into an incredible wide receiver one of the best receivers in the nation mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like I think Sam Howell's staying right no no, no he's, Sam, he's, Sam's he, he gone declared. Yeah, He's Sam, Sam declared. They wasted him, man. So you wasted Sam Howell and Josh Downs, that 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 tandem, which I think is a, an incredible tandem, and you wasted Sam Howell's last year um, in Chapel Hill, which is it's very disappointing. Very and not disappointing. just wasted like, oh, we lost, you know, we, we had a huge disappointment in the ACC championship game. I mean, you went six and seven. Like, it wasn't even You, lo- you lost productive. to NC State. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they lost. No, they came back and beat Wake Forest. But I'm saying, like, the game versus Wake Forest – they had to come from insurmountable odds because of how bad their defense played for three quarters. Mm-hmm. But then they showed they were just way better than Wake Forest. And their talent, I mean, that game right there should show you a North Carolina had, fan. You also saw Ty Chandler, who's, in a, who's a really great running back. He was great His backup was good, too, though. Yeah. Well, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. So, again, North Carolina maybe looking at next year. I know they have a re- they had a really good four-star QB. May. Um, uh, Drake May. Um, it's a fun fact. My, uh, my cousin actually coached Drake May. At Myers Park. Wow, fun fun fact. That is very fun. Uh, head coach and, but but yeah, I, I'll be watching Drake May next year. Hopefully, he's going to play well if he's the starter um, for North Carolina. All right, let's go to Big Ten season grades. Michigan, I gave Michigan an A plus. I think both all three of us will agree Michigan deserves an A plus for the season they had. Reason: made it to the College Football Playoff, Big Ten champs, and beat Ohio State. I can take Big Ten champs and I can play made it to the college football playoff and just put Ohio State on there and it's an A plus. I was about to say you could just about put one and eleven on here and if that one win was against Ohio State, you might you'd have Michigan fans that would still say it was an A plus here mm-hmm. because you just got over that hump. You kind of knocked that monkey off your shoulder. Very very good game for the program, but I think we saw in the playoff. They're still a way away. There, yeah. I mean, there, there there was a noticeable gap between them and Georgia, which Grant Grant did tell us ahead of time. We just thought he was by it. But, I mean, they, they, they can't hang with those guys. I think Ohio State still has a talent to do that. And, and so, and I, I was about to say, I don't think that's – I don't think that when you say that, that's necessarily something that – I'm. I mean, obviously I'm glad that we drilled them like we did, but it's not something necessarily that's just going to – you're not tooting Georgia's horn in, horn in that case. Yeah. It, it's the, the talent gap between – everybody in the Big Ten that's not named Ohio State and the the Southeastern Conference because even it's and I hate I'm there, I don't know if there's the amount of Big Ten fans listening to this right now I'm not I'm not knocking the Big Ten but there Second is the, the, oh without a doubt but there is there is still a significant gap between not just I mean at times there would be a gap even between some of the the more not even top end programs traditionally in the SEC and the traditionally top end programs in in the Big Ten. I think I think Michigan would be given a lot of trouble by a team like a, a healthy team like an Ole Miss or an Arkansas. 
Auburn um, would give them trouble. I think, I think. Argon, uh, Auburn, I, you'd have an argument. Auburn, well, maybe. Depends on which Bo Nix shows up in the past. But, I, I don't uh, know. I mean, I feel like the top end of the SEC, like two or three schools, very much better than those teams besides Ohio State. I, I feel like Michigan would do well versus Ole Miss. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think Michigan was very good. Now, this was a special Michigan team because of Ojabo, Hutchinson, like perfect storm of you know seniors and freakish underclassmen coming together. Hassan Haskins. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have this next year. So I don't think next year Michigan will be able to compete with this. That that's the difference between with having seniors or sustainability. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like I mean, the SEC, Georgia and Alabama will keep go- this going every single yeah. year. Michigan needed a season like this, like just like LSU a few years ago. LSU needed that perfect storm. Mm-hmm. The top end programs like Ohio State. Oh, was that Alabama, a perfect storm? Oh my! But word. I'm saying. But I'm saying top-end programs don't need a perfect storm. They make the perfect storm. Yeah. They are the perfect storm. And Mich- I mean, Michigan did good. I like Jim Harbaugh. Happy for him. Um, A-plus season. You know, We're not going to talk about next yep. year and what we think. A-plus season for yep. Michigan. I agree. I, I put in Ohio State next. I had them as an A. Um, Trey, you're shaking your head. What do you have them? I would have them like a B-minus. I think oh. Ohio State wildly underperformed this year. I mean, look, I know they were young, but I mean, you look at the Oregon loss. Look at the Michigan loss. Yep. I mean, and the way they played versus Utah for the first two quarters. I feel like Ohio State underperformed. That They were talented, man. I remember watching them the, the week before they played Michigan. What was it, Michigan State? I watched that first half, and I was like, okay, if any team stands a chance versus Georgia, it's them. And then the next week to go out there and just get absolutely bullied in the snow when they knew that's what was coming. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you know. And, and not to mention, I even think with Ohio State, now I still think that even after the Michigan game, they still probably give Georgia a better game just because of the matchup. It, oh, it's just different. because of the, the skill t- players. The, yeah. the, the exactly. Talent, the wide receiver yeah, talent is ridiculous. The, but I think it's definitely the I, – I think it's the best wide receiver room in the country. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Um, but they uh, – as far as I, I do agree with Trey, I think again 2021, the trend we've talked about today with other teams, it was the year of inconsistency, mm-hmm. and at times Ohio State showed signs of brilliance, uh, i.e. the Michigan State game, and then the next week you're scratching your head watching them play Michigan, where they looked like they were playing with ankle weights, and and and, it, and again I know there was snow, but it's not like they don't play in snow in Columbus. It there was there's no excuse to play like they did. And Trey, you you made like the word bullied, perfectly sums up what happened. They they got pushed around. Same, same thing with Oregon too. And I mean, it's it the same thing. Yeah, it was the same. Th- and then with the Oregon game, yeah, exactly. At times, it just yeah. Ohio State. I don't know that I'd go all the way to a B minus, but I'm still I'm still sitting that I'm still sitting in that B range probably just because it it was there it was disappointment piled on top of disappointment. Um. Now, given again, eleven and two is considered a disappointment, probably, and, and missing the playoff, not being in the championship game. That's a that's I a disappointment. Eleven and two. I think if they get CJ Stroud a better offensive line or more consistent protection, he's really, really good. Yeah. I think I think going into next year, they'd be my number two preseason team. So just for me personally, I mean, they they got it. I mean, and Ryan Day's a great coach and a great recruiter. I mean, so. Um, I think it was a disappointing season, but I think they have a reason to hope that Michigan and Michigan State don't have. Yeah. So, Michigan State, I give an A plus. I think you win the Peach Bowl. You were undefeated for what nine weeks? You were nine and zero. You were considered to be in the college football playoff at one point. You were in the college football for rankings a week. <laughs> for a week. 
And then, of course, you lose to Purdue, and then you get smacked by Ohio State. But I always thought it was a productive year for Michigan State. That's why I give them an A+. I think they well-deserving of A+. I don't think anybody expected this year from Michigan State. If I'm looking at it from last season, when last season got over with, Mel Tucker's first year, it's an A++. If I'm looking at it from the week after the Purdue game, it's an A. I mean, hindsight shows me that like the team they had, it, it's good what they did. But as a fan, you have to be disappointed being that close and then you play your most hated rival, I mean, besides maybe Michigan, and get absolutely swamped. I mean, I remember I, I had to go do something, so I missed a couple drives in the second quarter, and I looked down at my phone into stats, and I thought it, my phone was messed up. I mean, it was six touchdowns in the first half. Six touchdown passes. I mean, that's just absurd, you know? And so I hate that, especially because Mel Tucker, I mean, you know, I, I thought he would have the defensive backs playing better. But, I mean, I like what he's doing. I, I give him an A for the season. Great. I like, yeah, I, I agree with the grade that Trey gave it an A. Um, obviously, I, I just don't think you can give him an A-plus just based off of that Ohio State game. I mean, an A-plus team doesn't need to get absolutely just destroyed. Well, I thought they overachieved. Um, That's why the A-plus is there. I, I give them an A for overachieving. Yeah, I would, but, have, I w- I would agree with that as well. Um, I mean, I don't really have a lot of input on it. I agree. I think that Mel Tucker... I, I would have thought that they would have you know Michigan State traditionally has some better defenses uh, Mel Tucker obviously defensive minded had a lot of success albeit with Kirby at Georgia I, I do think that in due time the Michigan State defense will improve considerably um, but as far as this year yeah it, it was just it wasn't good at times I, I give him an A um, but I, I do think yeah 11 and 2 great I, as, if I'm a Michigan State fan I'm happy um, not thrilled, but I'm happy. I, I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say content, like m- more happy. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since they've been like this, you know. Yeah, that's, I'm not jumping up and down, but I'm. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting back in the right direction. Uh, fourth team, Penn State. I give them a C. I, I actually really agree with the I, with the with the C. I would I would also say the C. Sean Clifford did get hurt, but man. Yeah. That is, I feel like that's just an underachieving. One season. of the, one of the best, uh, one of the more what could have been. Because when Sean Clifford and they played Iowa, I don't think if Sean Clifford didn't get hurt, I oh think, they would have won. Yeah, I think Penn State, and I think that really changed the season when they lost to Iowa. I think that just turned up. Well, like, he missed a couple games. Yeah, it, Jahan Dotson didn't have a good quarterback throwing it to him. Uh, that's true, and uh, Jahan Dotson, one of the best receivers in the country. Um, well, the Auburn game was, I mean, telling of the, the, the potential they had at least, you know, which that was also the Bo Nix get out of here game. So you know, let's, all, let's, let's also talk that Auburn didn't really have a phenomenal year in Penn State. That was kind of. It looked good at the time. Yeah, it looked good. At yeah, the time. it looked good at the time, and I have some Penn State friends that were very excited about it. And just as from an SEC point of view, I, I you know, especially as a team like Georgia, we have we play them every year, get to see them. You just it's hard to you know to get excited about about Auburn because there you just don't know what's coming. Like that inconsistency is every year for them. You just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I agree with the Penn State uh, the C grade. A little bit for a different reason, though, as far as a disappointment. You know, in school, if you get a C, that's that's average, right? You did average on an assignment. Penn State is a very average team to me. Um, they're they're a team. I I would say they did mildly underachieve this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I I put them year to year in that. 
the bottom end being that seven to seven and six, top end being that nine and three, ten and two range. That that, that yeah. Uh, I I just think they're a very average team. Um, that again, like you said, the Auburn win looked good at the time. I was hesitant about it just because it's Auburn with Bo Nix. It's I, I that ended up being what like the fifth fifth or sixth best team in the in their division. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's not. Uh, yeah. I have, and at the time, even then, I would have said fifth or sixth best team in the conference. It wasn't like you beat. It's not like Alabama went up there and you beat them. Um, it, yeah. Oh, I what just, a game that would be! Oh my, Alabama white, going the, into the whiteout. So by the end of the game, like what color? Be, what be, color are the yeah, stands? It, yeah, that's, gray, what I, be, that's exactly be, what I was about it'd to be say. Be a gray out by the end of the <laughs> game. That's but, uh, exactly. Yeah, he he literally took the joke out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, <that>. Trey. <laughs> no, I just I can't believe that's good. Um, but anyway. Uh, the um yeah Penn State nothing nothing flashy exciting and honestly if we're I know we're not talking about next year I know we're grading for this past year but I I give you the exact same prediction I give for Penn State every year the ceiling is ten and two the basement is seven and six they'll probably be somewhere in the middle that's my opinion I'll I'll move on to Maryland Maryland has a B minus, I think I'm seeing that right. Maryland had a B minus seven and six. There's not much you can give to Maryland. I, I, I give they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't underachieve. I give them a B minus because it's Maryland. I mean, ceiling's like nine and three. I think maybe maybe eight and four, nine and three. I think next year they they might have a shot of going eight and four, but they just, they just don't have the talent. Um, I mean, Talia played really well this year. He he improved. But I mean, he was still he was still very turnover prone, which yeah, is it, worrisome. I, I thought it was it was less than the first. I mean, because he was really turnover happy. I mean, if you're a Maryland fan, you're kind of like whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, there's not a ton to be excited about. They had an know. exciting start. They were four zero to start, mm-hmm. and, and they you know started playing some. The uh, next the next team we're talking about Rutgers. They had a really exciting start. They were like four zero. They were five and seven. At the end, by the end of the year, and I gave them a C minus because again, it's Rutgers. There's not much you can. Hey, man, they hung in there versus Wake Forest. They so. did. They did hang in there for like ten minutes, but then <laughs> <laughs> until they started getting blown out by Sam Hartman. Well, obviously, I mean, Wake Forest this is like the best team in like program history, or at least since I've been alive by far. And so, even the, you know, I don't know. I like Rutgers as coach, but. Yeah. Um, Next team, Indiana. I gave him an F. F. This is by Huge far the worst. F. After last, this is by far the worst. I, I it, yeah, I Michael was about to say Penix. after last year, if if if, if you, I, I, they might be the biggest. If you if you compiled all of the conferences together and we were grading all of them, and and you you had all the grades in, and you were going to say what was the worst of all of this, they wouldn't have the worst record, barely, but. Bandy? They would be since just because you have to include Bandy, <laughs> but um, but but yeah, Indiana I think would be the biggest disappointment mm-hmm. on on the list, but by far, it's, yeah, abysmal. You can't even say Kansas because Kansas beat Texas. So and, and Texas was back for like the fortieth year in a row. Texas was so, back and, for the first two quarters versus Kansas. I was I mean, say, you, let's not take the Texas slander. All right, let's cut it out. Oh, that's right. I We're in the Big Ten. Hey, we'll yeah. wait till the the Big Twelve. Yeah, and we'll get out. Oh, yeah, there can we I unhinge on them when we get to the Big Twelve? Yeah, can, we can. Okay, cool. We can. I'll have I'll have We're notes prepared. We're in the Big Ten now. Yeah. you can uh, you can unhinge on Iowa. I gave Iowa an A because I believe this is Iowa's ceiling, and this is it. I know I'm ten and two. They just don't have the athletes. So I'm going ten and 
making to the Big Ten championship is great for them. That's the thing is like throughout the year, like they they made us believe they were good yeah, they, because no, of the way weren't. they played. Because I mean, but they you know Sean Clifford got knocked out. They gave they gave their fans hope. My my really good friend Matt Smith, shout out to Matt Smith. He was pumped about Iowa, um, and then Iowa had to start playing real teams. You know. Yeah, exactly. They, they just had no skill, position, talent. And for the team they had in that locker room, like this is the best they could have done. So, I, I, but because of the fact that they, you know, underperformed in big games, I, I agree with the A minus. No one, no one uh, runs uh, to that point. No one runs the three yards in a cloud of dust offense better than Iowa does, and they've taken it to its ceiling. And I, I, great, you beat you, you can beat teams like Wisconsin, who runs an identical offense to that. Uh, and that that'll be a, that'll be a good game. I honestly don't remember who won that. I guess Iowa. But but, I, but I'm saying it matter. Wisconsin will have typically will have skill players in that offense, so they can have explosive plays. That's I understand, but I'm just saying that they Iowa, it, the style of football that Iowa plays is never going to get the, like you said. They've reached their ceiling. That that I just don't think that that offense is ever going to break into the playoff. It would have 35 years ago, but it. We we're in an, we're in an, an era where you have teams like Alabama, or tr- historically teams like Clemson, whatever C.J. Stroud and them are doing in, in Columbus with that, which is ridiculous. Where you just have this past year, you had an enormous amount of talent at the skill positions with Remember, a quarterback Jameson that was Williams just going to sling out. it. And and yeah, and you had arguably the best receiver in college football that left because <laughs> he couldn't and, beat out the three top yeah. guys and so it was it was yeah it, it, it yeah I, I just iowa there it is you've hit a ceiling and that's great and maybe they can adapt but again it comes down to i'm it comes they're down to recruiting to i don't know yeah mm-hmm. that's what I'm, yeah and defensively we've talked about them already they're not awful but um that they've been they were really good at times but they i think statistically number two or three overall or total defense yeah this year. but i mean but um, it's all schematic i mean their secondary was really good that they they did a great job of creating turnovers other than that they weren't that good yeah, on, they didn't anything. create turnovers turnovers they didn't win games it was as simple as that don't take it away from them because they, they did it, they did it but to rely on that that you can't sustain win like you can't say okay like we got to rely on turnovers to win the game and then play Michigan who's going to throw the ball five times you yeah. know over exaggeration obviously but you know good for Iowa uh we'll move on to Wisconsin Wisconsin I gave them a B 9 and 4 and the reason I'm giving them a B is because they just they they started out so sluggish mm-hmm. they lost to Penn State lost to Notre Dame Graham Merch just it's not there he's he's not I expect so much more for Graham Mertz yeah. for him as a QB and him be having all the talent in the world and being a five-star. But for him just to come into Wisconsin and have a 9-4 and four season when I think they could have had a chance at making the Big Ten Championship and even competing. But yeah. it's, it's just disappointing to see that from Wisconsin. Dude, I remember watching that. Again, I'm not, I won't talk about Penn State because it, it, again, just speaks to their averageness. I don't know if that's a word or not, but uh, but watching that Penn State Wisconsin game, that that was one of the most boring games that I watched all season. It was it there was nothing, it, it just there was nothing flashy about it. Like you said, you, you had kind of a disappointment with some of the talent they've brought in. Wisconsin, I think, like I I know I said that they play a very similar style of football with Iowa and Trace made a good point talking about the uh, that they do have the potential for some for a little more flash. I do believe that Wisconsin has a higher ceiling than Iowa, and, uh, and yeah. they've never they have. They, I don't think they've it. they've never reached it, and I they really haven't come close. I mean, we I think the closest we saw them was at twenty seventeen when it was the year when they, where they and 
Um, uh, I believe Martin Richt had Miami both undefeated. They were both like eight, eight or nine, mm-hmm. yeah. ten and zero somewhere in there. And, and you, you just you kind of had the collapse at the at the both teams kind of had the a little bit of a come apart. Miami's is worse, but yeah, yeah, it was. But both teams, but both teams definitely obviously didn't finish here in the in the playoff or undefeated. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, yeah, Iowa. I would honestly give them a B minus. Uh, I, I would go Iowa, worse. You mean Wisconsin? I'm, I'm, I'm Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Sorry, sorry, Wisconsin. They're so similar this past year. I'm giving them a C. I think because a C means average. I think they were average this year. Um, I expect better from Wisconsin. The kind of players they have in their program, the system, the consistency. You shouldn't have been nine and four, in my opinion. All right, next team, um, Minnesota. PJ Fleck, nine and four. I give them an A. I was actually thinking about giving them an A plus, and the reason why I wanted to give them an A plus, I know everybody's shocked about that. All right, you got to hear me out. Not only did they lose. Mo Ibrahim at the start of the year, but they were plagued by injuries. At the end of the year, they were on their fourth string running back. It's true. They were plagued by injuries. And for P.J. Fleck to come in there and to do the kind of coaching job that he did, and not only that, they had a chance of making the Big Ten championship game Mm -hmm. and end up 9-4, and I personally think that's a deserving of deserving of an A and maybe even an A plus just because you're in your fourth string running back and the injuries that's happening is just nuts. And Mo Ibrahim was all of their offense. He was their offense. And then when you lost him, I was like, oh, they're gonna have a rough year. Mm-hmm. And they come out of nowhere and they're they're winning games like they were. I'll give him an A. Why not? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have much to say. I like PJ Fleck. Uh, yeah, row the boat, baby. Very, very passionate. I mean, a couple years ago when they beat Auburn, I mean, you know, I was stoked. Um, but, I mean, I, since then they've kind of been up and down. The COVID year, I was expecting them to be better. Um, but I, It was I, COVID year, though. I'm yeah, stoked yeah. whenever anybody beats Auburn, just for the record. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would amen that. War Eagle. <laughs> but, decide uh, on a mascot. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think Minnesota, they have hope. I mean, they're, they're, their program's not bad. So uh, Next team, Purdue. I give Purdue an A. Nine and four. I think this is Purdue's ceiling. Dude, be Purdue is the number two seed slayer, bro. Spoiler makers. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they definitely deserved an A. They I give them an A plus. I was about to say I'd honestly give them an A plus. Twice at nationally televised games, they just came and whooped the other team. And, and it's not a fluke. They've done it. I remember the Ohio State well, game a few years ago. David, they, they, they had David Bell. They always have that one receiver, man. Right, they had Ron David Bell. They're the same yeah. thing, dude. Yeah, they're just the same person, actually. <laughs> Purdue's fun to watch in these big matchups. When they when they play like that, they are. I, I just, if they could get more consistent, I mean, that'd be amazing for college football. But yeah, A, absolutely. Uh, next team, I want to talk about Illinois. Hey, what do you what what are the two letters that come after I? L. Oh, okay. L. That's my that's my answer for Illinois. Just kidding. No no disrespect to any Illinois fans out there, but you know. Why why would you do that? What has Illinois ever done to you? Illinois has never done anything to me. I like Lovey Smith's beard, or I did, and Lovey Smith's not even there anymore. No, he's not. It's Brett, yeah, it, it's Brett B. Illinois. Yeah. Um I mean, you know. Illinois doesn't really do anything to garner any attention for anyone that isn't an Illinois fan or the fan of a team that they're playing. So Let me put it this way. My take on Illinois is that um, on NCAA 14, I believe it was, I had Illinois for about – I played with them for about a month every time I played. And my brother, no matter who he was, he could be Alabama, couldn't beat him. And so I'll give Illinois a 
What, what did you give them? A C plus? Are you really giving... I'll, I'll, I'll agree with the C plus based off of their performance on a seven-year-old video game. Oh, my goodness. I don't watch much Illinois football, Again, I'm sorry. Again, you're just... The reason nine, you're on this podcast, podcast years, is you're what, a troll. What, uh, it's because you're a troll. That's the reason hey, why. Hey, let's get Whatever. to the... I have better takes. I just don't watch Illinois football. All right, I, got, I want to get to the meat. Uh, Nebraska. Oh, I want to talk about Nebraska. I'd yes. like to talk about Nebraska. Yes. I, I, let's I, talk I was about Nebraska. <laughs> Everybody sits up in their chair. Uh, Nebraska, yes, three and nine. I, I don't know what to think, okay, because... They underperformed I, very I, badly. I really, like... I gave them a C, and I thought they were average, even though they're 3-9. But it's because they were losing by, like, five to every single team they faced. you got to finish, man. They should have beaten Oklahoma. <coughs> they should have beat... They played Oklahoma tight. They, they played, played Ohio, Ohio State, State tight. tight. Yes. Like, they were playing everybody tight. They played Michigan tight. Like, they have the talent. Like, Scott Frost has collected enough talent and has developed these players. But you got to finish your games. I'm, I don't know why I had to dramatically put that in the mic, but when you're three and nine and you're losing by five to every single team you face, it doesn't matter what it says. I think Pete Carroll has a really, really just deep quote on this. He asks his team, can you win a game in the first quarter? What's the answer? No. No. Can you win a game in the second quarter? No. No. What about the third? No. no. Can you win a game in the fourth quarter? Yes, you can. Well, no, Nebraska can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. Utah beat Oregon twice in like the second quarter, but, that but other than that, but you're not, that, if you're not Oregon, <laughs> as long as you're not Oregon, this, then man, we, it's just been a long week, I guess. You know, oh. it's been too long since college football's been on, which is making me cranky and roast these other teams. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I'm well, usually not a troll. All right, let's let's this next well. team. Let's not roast them really hard because it's Northwestern, and Northwestern's done absolutely nothing to anybody. They had a rough year, three and nine. They were in the Big Ten championship last year. Yeah, but they always do this. They always have a good year, then a bad year. Good year, bad year. Uh, three and nine. I give them a D, because based up D for disappointment. Dis- it's, disappointment. The, it's the same thing as uh, what we were talking about earlier. How you know Michigan had this buildup of players and they're going to leave, and we don't think they're going to compete at the same level. Northwestern is obviously a tier down from that, probably two. But I mean, they'll they'll have a bunch of good seniors who have bought into the program, been in the weight room. They lack a lot of talent, but man, they're going to come out there and play their butts off. They're going to do really well, and then you're going to lose those guys, and you're going to have young people, and you got to wait for them to buy in, get really you know stronger. Uh, better, more mature. Then you're gonna lose those guys, and you know the cycle's gonna continue until you recruit better. Northwestern's one of those teams that doesn't recruit. They, they don't have the same. Obviously, they don't have the same kind of talent, but they just have guys that know how to play football eventually. And they're and like you said, they're, they get seniors. They're mature. They're very disciplined. That you have blue chip players that they kind of have like a blue collar player. It's it's the kind mm-hmm. of player that goes in. They're scrappy. They're not they're not as big and fast as some of those teams, but they they're just they're the same thing that we had to sit through listening to about Jake Fromm. They're cerebral, and so they're <laughs> they're and so they're. Uh, but but it's true. That's that's it. Really is that's Northwestern is that kind of school, and so um, I I definitely think they'll bounce back this year. Definitely a disappointment. I think it's Pat Fitzgerald, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I like him He's a lot. He's a great coach. Yeah. So. All right. We're going to winners and losers. Last part of the segment. Winners. Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh, Sam Pittman. Those are my winners for coaching. I thought those guys had tremendous years for their schools. They really brought in the culture. They really brought in the wins for their teams. Second for winners. Low-profile quarterbacks to high-profile. Absolutely. And this is, this is what I mean by this. Spencer Rattler was projected number one pick in the draft. Not anymore. Sam Howell was projected number two 
quarterback taken off the board. He's not there anymore. Who is it? He, he, he still could be the first quarterback taken, but it won't be. It, I don't think so. I think I, I, Matt Corral. I've been looking at the, the mock Kenny, drafts. I think Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be taken first. The mock drafts are really varying right now, but any case, he's not going to be taken. They're projecting him to go top three. He's going like 10 to 12 now. So I still think he's got a chance to go number one, depending on his offseason goes. But, I mean, it's not because he's great. It's because the other competition isn't. It's really bad. So uh, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett. Guys, we weren't really looking for. Oh, I'd for. take them over him, but I mean. He's getting up there. Desmond yeah. Ritter, really, really kind of moving up, but he really had a rough Alabama if game. If he didn't play the Alabama game, I'm like, man, top 15 pick. But that Alabama game, I'm like, oh, do I also, want to play you have Nevada. you have Nevada, Carson Strong. Um, he's kind of under the radar. It's kind of like Zach Wilson. We don't know much about him. It's kind of like Josh Allen. We don't know much about him. He has really high ceiling. He could have a really low ceiling. It, it all depends. The difference between him and Josh Allen is the same size, except Carson Strong cannot run. He's got I don't know if he's got bad knees, but he wears a knee brace. Huge arm. Huge talent. Played at a really, really low level of competition. I'd be nervous if I was a team picking Carson Strong. But, man, Sam Howell, um, yeah, he was a disappointment. But those low-profile quarterbacks, I mean, can he pick it? Good on him, bro. I mean, great year. Uh, number three, winner. The group of five. Cincinnati finally got in. So you have to say the group of five is a winner. They finally got a team in. Grant's going to say, oh, well, they didn't perform well. Well, I actually did. They performed well for a group of five team. Here's here's what I think. I think the group of five, I agree that it's definitely they need to be in the winner column. But I think there, I think there's a there a big W and a little tiny L. And here's why. Because, <laughs> because, because, <laughs> because that's great that they made it in. However... And and I think they could have benefited from maybe playing a lesser opponent. Say that say that this would have never happened because you're not going to have back to back games. But say that Georgia and Alabama had played each other, or Georgia had won the SEC championship game, and then Georgia's playing a stronger team at, or a different team at four, Oklahoma State or, then, or, or Notre Oklahoma Dame. State or a Notre Dame at four, as opposed to playing Michigan. Then Michigan and Cincinnati play each other, and Michigan being the two, Cincinnati being the three. I think that Cincinnati has a much better showing against Michigan. Um, I think they also the give fact, up 300 rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the fact that they had to play Alabama, they again they did show that they could get in the playoff. However, in playing Alabama right away and getting soundly beaten as they did, shows that the, the group of five a group a group of five team is not going to win a national championship. It's unrealistic. You can put them in the playoff. That's fine, but they're not going to win a national championship. That's the little tiny L. I think over overall, there's still a massive W that that overshadows that L. But that L still represents a very real reality. They'll take what they got. But yeah, yeah. take what they got. And and I have spent probably too much time downing Cincinnati. However, hats off to them. You undefeated regular season. A was it AAC champs. Yeah, AAC champs. Back to back. Back to back years. Um, I, there's not much you can they, say. They've lost I mean, two games in the last two years, and it was to Georgia in Georgia and Alabama. Come on. Can't say much about that. And they lost to Georgia on a walk-off field goal. They lost to Alabama by what? Like, what was it? 20, 27 20, 21, yeah. So that was three scores. I mean, that's bad. But, I mean, <laughs> Alabama's really good. So, yeah. you know, good on them. All right. Let's move to the fourth winner. Georgia. Grant. And Grant. Georgia, Georgia Grant. fans and Grant Bagwell. Yes, we'll, we'll say that. 
Georgia, of course, I, there's not much I'm even going to say about this, but Georgia won a natty. Won a natty. That's enough said right Stetson there. Stetson Just... Bennett is a winner. Well, yes. we got to talk about Stetson. Stetson overcame all odds. Great story. Dude, the we'll not, way he— We'll not see it down in the NFL, sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, no way. Uh, it's, just like, it's just like Jake Coker. I mean, yeah. except Jake Coker had a way bigger arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I mean, good on Stetson Bennett. Really proud of him. What you talking? You, you're you're going you, no. Don't knock Stetson's arm. That was a dime to AD no, Mitchell no, no. in the corner. He played. He, he played does, when he, he the way he needed to. No, I know he hasn't. He, I but know if he, he starts, if he starts at Georgia and plays against Alabama next year, they're losing by like seventeen. Yeah, by Young. That's why we're hoping that the spring comes in and that Gunnar Stockton is a stud, mm. and you just can't not play but, him. Although not exactly a history of playing the more talented quarterback. Yes, so. hey, we big know. dubs for Georgia this year. We're not looking ahead; we're looking back. No, we got a lot. Hey, to look I back am on. enjoying it. While Savor it the last. Yes, because I could I could potentially be like sixty three the next time this happens. So this is true. Gunnar uh, why did I, I almost said Gunner Stock in there? Losers. Um, spy, uh, little, wow, Spicer Rattler. I almost said that. Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell. I call those guys losers just because of the way they played this year and the way their draft stock pretty much went down. I think that really stinks for them. Now that Spencer Rattler has a chance to go to South Carolina and improve his draft stock, Sam Howell, we're going to see what happens to him in the rounds to come for the NFL draft. Number two, loser, Dan Mullen. I think that's a pretty obvious one. I mean, you're going into having Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, and Kyle Trask, and having it your eight and one before the shoot throw, and then having that chance to to maybe even make the college football even with a loss to Alabama, uh, and you go after after all of that, you come up with a lot of hype with Emory Jones and, and around this Florida team. You play really well against Alabama, and then you just collapse. Um, you lose the locker room. You lose all these things. And then you get your job taken from you. I think that's a, a I, really big loss. For I the, think everyone expected them to take a step back from last year because they were really, really good last year. I mean, they are a shoe throw away from being like possible four seed. But this is, I mean, I, I can't. I, I expected a step back. I didn't expect them to take one step back and then like fall down the hill. You yeah, know I was like, no one saw him needing seventy to beat Samford at home. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I remember like watching that game. I mean, the fact that I like was like, oh my goodness, I need to go watch Florida Sanford, you know. I I hate it. Um, I, You know, all jokes aside, like, Florida's a good program. I hate to see them go down like that, but again, you know. It, it's may, happened before. We lost it was telling. There there had to be things that were underlying going on to cause it on all of a sudden collapse. And so the fact that that was brought to light and they can address those issues now, I think it's good for Florida. For those that don't know, too, Zach was in a boot for a long time and that was really enjoyable for me because the irony of him going for multiple weeks with only one shoe on was <laughs> shout out marco wilson yeah yeah shout out marco wilson you you kind of ended our season but you really didn't uh number three <laughs> nebraska and texas nebraska really simple we just talked about it you're losing nine games and eight of them were decided by like three or five points mm -hmm. um texas you lost to kansas You're that's all back. i have to say they're literally the same thing <laughs> texas was leading so many times this year with a top three running back in the nation and they could not put the game away i mean come on nebraska was close the whole time most of those games they didn't have the lead texas had the lead i mean both boats were losers um i think nebraska though i haven't given up hope on scott frost yet He's got one more year in my in my book yeah if he goes three and nine again or four and seven or he five and seven 
I think he's done. I really do. They need they need a winning record next he needs year. To go, he needs to figure out how to win eight games next but, year. He just needs to go to UCF. Yeah, Although, yeah. the thing is, it's not Stop. like he needs he needs to just finish games. They they had eight games won this year. They just didn't finish. Well, that's what I'm, that's so what that's I'm what saying. That's what you're saying. Yeah. It's there. They just... Yeah, which honestly, when you the, what comes down to that is when you're in position but you don't finish, that is that is certainly on the players because the players have to play. However, that also comes down to coaching. Oh, it's absolutely that that is it's honestly. Consistent, I think so, yeah. it speaks more to the coaching than it does the the players. Oh, yeah, when you when you are the difference, there should never be a difference between me going three and nine and eight and four or nine and three. That's ridiculous. That that's on the coaching staff one thousand percent. All right, let's move on. Last one. I put this as a as a loser. The coaching carousel. Um, Ooh. Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma to go to USC. Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame to go to LSU. You have all the shakeup in Clemson with Brent Venables leaving. All the shakeup in Florida. All the shakeup just around the country. And I think that was an L for a lot of programs. And I think that's that if we summarize the end of the season, I think that's what we can look back at and be like, wow, that was a crazy end of the season. And I don't know if it's good for college football or bad for college football. I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm, I'm going to disagree on this one. I actually think it's good for college football. I think the fact that Brent Venables and Marcus Freeman took those jobs ensures that those programs still have good coaches and at least big name coaches. I think for the sport of college football, the fact that you spread out uh, Lincoln Riley to USC you know, finally got a good coach and a good program west of Texas. I mean, that's great um, for college football, in my opinion, if he can do something. I think Dan Lanning moving to Oregon is great for college football. I think if Brent Venables can can transition Oklahoma, and it won't happen this year, but transition Oklahoma to a physical uh, spread-style team where they can compete in SEC-esque football, SEC-style football, I think that's good. I think Marcus Freeman brings some new juice because Brian Kelly had hit his max. You know, Marcus Freeman's young. Um, he's got he's got charisma. People will want to follow him. And I think Brian Kelly's going to help LSU a lot. Ed Orgeron was not an X's and O's coach. He's the kind of guy that can like give a really good speech. But if he didn't have those coordinators and all those NFL All Pro players on his team, no way they win the Natty. You know what I'm saying? That, well, I was going to say, yeah, one of us could have coached that team in 2019 and still won Natty. Like th- that that was so loaded. I mean, you were just going to outscore everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'm, but, we saw that, and they had a great schedule too, which put them in position to be number one. Um, especially because the defense came together, and, and Ed Ordron had a part in that. Like, don't I'm not taking credit away from him, but I'm saying. We've seen what they are every year without Joe Burrow. I would agree with you, Trey, that with with coaching carousel, I don't know that I necessarily put it overall as an L, but I actually tend to think that LSU missed a little bit on the um, on the potential to have a great hire this year. I think Brian Kelly is a little TBD as far as uh, as far as his legacy as a coach. Just because, yeah, you've won as an independent, basically at a school that plays a very soft ACC schedule uh, that avoids that avoids playing Clemson fairly regularly. I know they played them what uh, last year or the year before, but um, and and they did win and then got drilled when they, they played the Clemson year. closely. Be- besides the playoff game, because I mean Notre Dame, like once yeah. they enter the playoffs, they're done. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is they don't schedule them regularly in the regular season. They 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 yeah. conveniently avoid having to play them on a regular basis. They, they play a decent schedule though. Yeah, it's but it's not. It's definitely not an SEC schedule. Um, that he, it's not the schedule he's going to face when he in Baton Rouge. Um, 
but I, I, I hesitate to say that he's necessarily going to take LSU back to that, that uh, certainly that Nick Saban or, or even the less miles prestige that we're used to when you have national championships. And, and I, I put an asterisk by the Ogeron one because I think that was just, again, we talked about perfect storm. But, you know, I just I'm hesitant to see or to say that, that, that he's going to be the one that returns him just because we never saw him do it at Notre Dame. Um, and again, I, I guess he'll have better talent at, at LSU than he did at Notre Dame. Not right now, but he but could. Not right now, but I'm, I'm giving him a few. I mean, obviously, he's going to have you know, a couple years to get it to get his guys in there. But um, I just don't know. I would say I, I would say that's a little bit not maybe a total loss, but I definitely wouldn't say it's a, a win within within the coaching carousel. They could have gotten Billy Napier. If if you're high on that, if you're high on Billy Napier, I uh, see. I think Billy Napier. Him, so. I, I think there are a couple coaches that have a chance to show they're really good uh, this year. Um, I just like the big names moving around. Dude, it's all that was on talk radio. The day after bowl games, no one was talking about bowl games. All they were talking about was the coaching carousel. It brought, and transfer portal. Yeah, but it brought attention on the sport. And so in that sense, I think it's good. But I think it's going to be – if USC is back to, to even re- mediocre. Rele- relevance – I mean, I was going to try to use a big word, but if they're even relevant – it just makes the sport better. We want people on the West Coast to be as involved as people on the East Coast are and people in the Midwest are. If we can get the whole nation, I mean, just excited about college football because we each have a team, you know, it's just good for the sport. Um, we'll see what happens, but, you know, I, I would say it's a win. I don't. I think what Lincoln Riley did was really unexpected, and a lot of people don't like it. I think it could be really good. Yeah, we want them to be relevant and, and good so that when they come and play us in the playoffs that we can further prove the Southeastern Conference dominance over the sport. I, I will have to say something, Grant, here. Also, Florida, I said something good about Billy Napier just a second Florida, ago. Yeah, because you're... But can we check that off the list? He did, he did, he that? did. I, 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 I remember Yeah, you're that, starting to respect you. him now that he's stealing five-star recruits from Harold people. Perkins, man. Sorry. Um, My word. Also, wanted to let you know that Florida no longer has the worst recruiting class in the SEC. Um, you, you did pass Vanderbilt. We're, we're 26 now. <laughs> All right, so we were in the 50s before Billy Napier got here. And now he's bought us 25 spots up. Um, and now we're projected to get Harold Perkins, so we might even move up a little bit more. Hey, read that one, two, three. What? Read that one, two, three. Uh, A&M, Alabama, Georgia. Okay. That's ridiculous that A&M has six five-star recruits. That's just... Hey, we got to see him actually do something first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Jimbo hype was really cool for the first two years, but... Mm-hmm. I'm Man. still not sold on Jimbo, but that's fine. I think he's yeah, a good coach. I, I'm not sold on him either. Again, I miss. Why can't Florida State be good, man? Oh, that's so bad for the ACC hey, that they're not it, good. Remember, it's bad for college football. It remember, is. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about them. The ACC. You know, we'll no. give them a grade. Tune in next time because I mean, I, I'm excited to look at the ACC because I think we can definitely look back on this season, and I think that will tell us about next season. So definitely. All right, that's going to be the end of the college football pod, uh, college football breakdown. We are on RSS.com, we are on Spotify, and we are on Apple Podcasts. Go check us out. Give us a follow. Tell us if you enjoy the podcast or not. That is out for me, Grant. And Franklin, I mean Trey, uh, see you all next time.